Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast hosted by Children's Hope Chest. This podcast challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders each month. It's our desire to share stories of people around the globe who work tirelessly to see vulnerable communities transformed. We believe that building two-way relationship will break the cycle of poverty. My name is Will Crooks. As part of the advancement team for by nearly 14 years, I have the privilege to connect churches and businesses at Children's Hope Chest. Today, we continue our series called Fueling the Future, where we talk about empowering tomorrow's leaders by investing in today's teens and young adults. Today, we welcome a new face and a new partner, Jim Cords to the uh, podcast. Jim is the senior pastor of St. Timothy Lutheran Church in San Jose, California. St. Timothy is a brand new partner with Hope Chest. They haven't even had its launch yet, and their partnership is in Ethiopia with the Chapa Care Point. And this will be primarily with teens and young adults. Today, we will dive into why investing into this age group was particularly important to Jim and the church body. Welcome to the podcast, Pastor Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. So what's going on in San Jose, California right now? Give, give me one headline. I, I heard that we've got floods in California and different things. What's going on in San Jose? Well, you know, the song is true. It never rains in California, but when it pours, man, it pours. <laughs> yeah, it so that's happening. a lot. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been connected and in that area uh, with St. Timothy? Well, I've only been at St. Timothy's for about uh, uh, two and a quarter years, but I lived here for nine years before that uh, with a 17-year interval in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, no kidding. So you went from, uh, you know, the desert into the ocean living then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Silicon Valley is kind of a place unto itself. It is a it is a different reality. Yeah, for sure. And when you talk about cultures, you know, the idea of moving into a different culture, there's a whole lot of learning that goes on, isn't there? There certainly is. There certainly yeah, is. And, that's and I true. think, again, the, what we will get into is the need to do that with humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah it doesn't matter if you're moving from Tucson into San Jose or saying, hey, as a church, we want to have a partnership overseas, you know, in Ethiopia or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in the way you approach it. Yes, I agree 100 percent. That's exactly right. And you have a lot of international experience. You know, you've lived in a number of uh, different places and unique places. One of the places you spent some time was Madagascar, isn't that correct? Yes, I have the privilege of being married to what we affectionately call a woman of the Madagascar Mafia, which that means <laughs> she grew up in Madagascar in a boarding school with a number of other children of missionaries and others. Her dad was there in the late 40s for you know more than 20 years, and that's where my wife grew up. And that connected us to a church uh, later on in ministry. We reconnected with a young man who was at his grandmother's knee when my wife's father first went into a village in Madagascar. He became a leader of the church and a seminary professor, taught me, 
And we later visited with them and, and began a partnership in ministry in the capital city of Antananarivo, Madagascar. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. And you also have some uh, experience doing cross-cultural work in Mexico, too. Isn't that right? That's right. Both as a teenager when we were doing work in orphanages and brickyard communities, and then later in Tucson, where we were building shelters with Agropieta shelters. Mm, okay. Yeah. So some different work in those places. So you bring a lot of global experience. Uh, what was it for you specifically that said, you know what, partnering with Hope Chest makes sense for us. Um, I like some of this alignment that you have gleaned over the years and learned. What were some of the things that made sense for your congregation to partner with Hope Chest? St. Timothy's has a fairly long history of global mission involvement. They were blessed to have pastors Jim and Judy Bankson, who were missionaries in Tanzania for quite a while. And then they connected with the World Mission Prayer League, doing ministry with folks in India, China Ventures, doing uh, work with people in China, and, and also then a youth mission to Mexico uh, for many years. And then also with a group called Water Mission. And that was, that was an excellent ministry that, in fact, I believe took very seriously the idea of when helping hurts. And we're really doing good developmental work. But they, as an organization, had the relationship with the indigenous peoples. The sponsoring congregations did not. And so we felt a need as a church to connect, to have a relationship, to kind of know the people we were in partnership with. And so we started looking for an organization that would support that. And we found that Children's Hope Chess also took seriously when helping hurt and very much took seriously the building of relationships between the partner churches here and the care points there. And that just lined up exactly with what we hope to do in terms of how we do mission uh, going into the future. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, one of our core values, you know, is relationship. And as we say in the intro is we really believe that relationship is part of this way to break the cycle of poverty is to have to have relationships provides opportunities, provides safety nets, provides the things that you and I maybe take for granted because, you know, it's, it's all around us. But to have a two-way relationship, both communities and both individuals get transformed uh, because it's not, it's not one way. It's not a transactional type thing. It's a transformative type thing because it's two-way. Would you agree with that? Not only do I agree with that, but that's very much what we're looking for and looking forward to as we launch our relationship with the folks at the Chapa Care Point in Ethiopia. It's also been uh, a part of my heart and mind for a long time with the mission work that we've done to recognize that, you know, Ethiopia has the fastest growing church in the world. I mean, Makana Jesus is incredibly successful. Yes. And for, for them, mission happens across tribal differences. They're able to, to handle those cross-cultural realities. And quite honestly, we're pretty bad at it. And so we have a lot to learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, in Ethiopia, in the third world. And we have to kind of drop the arrogance and say, you know, what do they see that we don't see? 
How do they respond and, and help us understand? We have a tendency to have a fairly narrow uh, worldview. And yet often in the West, we carry an arrogance with that narrowness of mind that doesn't serve anyone well. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could do a whole separate podcast on what you're talking about there. But maybe a follow-up question in that is, you know, what if missionaries from Ethiopia came to San Jose? What types of things do you think that, uh, that they would engage in? And where could there be that humility that you're talking about? So one of the things that I think uh, we in the West uh, fail to understand is that our identity is very individualistic. Most of, most of the other folks in the world that are not Westerners have a sense of identity that is more family, tribe, group. And, and for us, it's always me, me, me. We read the New Testament and we read the word you and we assume that you is singular, but it's not. It's plural. As we look at the Old Testament and we see how God refers to his promises to the people of Israel, it's promises to, to a whole group of people, not just the individual. That sense of identity is also a sense of, of care and compassion that goes deeper than individualism allows us to go. Yeah. When you think about how you feel when something happens to your kids, and how personal that is. And then you recognize that that's how a lot of people feel in the world for someone who happens just in their village. That's their child. They're connected in a way that we often fail to understand connection. So we can, we can learn a lot relative to compassion, relative to love, relative to identity, and relative to God's concern for us together that I believe is at the heart of all of uh, scriptural writings, especially in the New Testament, that we often fail to perceive when we read it. So mm -hmm. I just bought a book, by the way, called The African Bible, because it has study notes in it from the perspective of religious leaders in Africa that I think will be really insightful. Well, that's an inspirational humility that you're talking about. And one of the things that we say for our partner visits is first and foremost, we want you to go as a learner. Right. And, uh, you know, that's what you're talking about is we have lots to learn in this two way, you know, back and forth ministry where we're discipling one another uh, for sure. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And so when it comes to Chapa, you specifically said, hey, we're looking for something within the Makana Jesus. These are some of the things. Chapa kind of rose to the top in terms of a potential partnership. And one of the things that we said was, hey, this has been in partnership for several years. And so when we're talking about sponsoring children, we're not talking about four, five, and, and six-year-olds. We're talking about 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. That's a whole different optic when it comes to child sponsorship. This is actually young adult sponsorship, but this didn't turn you away. Why not? Well, the truth is, is that St. Tim's throughout its entire history has cared for and invested in, in youth. I mean, that's a decades-old commitment as church to the youth here in our own community. And so there's an affinity for that. Secondly, 
honestly, uh, Will, we wanted to, to help Children's Hope Chess finish strong in CHAPA. It's been a challenge to find sort of full mission partnership. And so you've, you've succeeded in moving forward, even though, you know, there have been a number of kids not befriended. And so we thought, hey, we can come alongside and we can help finish the partnership, finish the, the grouping of those 150 plus kids so that they all have a connection and a friendship to develop. And so it, we're happy to be able to jump in and help Children's Hope Chess finish strong in CHAPA. We also recognize the need for hope in young people in order for them to believe in the promise of a future in which they can make a difference. It's easy when you only see one thing to assume that it's always going to be that way. It's easy when, you know, the, the high school is miles and miles away and almost no one in your community goes to high school. Why would you ever think you would go? And so we, we recognize the need to elevate the hope that those uh, adolescents that are starting very much to take on adult responsibilities to believe that they can make a difference in their own lives for their children, for their community, and for the future. And unless they see that happening, unless they receive a, a consistent encouragement and a hope, especially that is sustained through failures and shortcomings, um, it's, it's very likely that they're just going to repeat the patterns that they've seen in their parents and grandparents. And yeah, so it's a cycle of poverty that you're trying I, to break. That's right. It's breaking that cycle. That's exactly right. So what's the message when you stand up on stage on, on launch Sunday, you know, coming up here shortly, the expectation when people are hearing uh, about child sponsorship, but this is more young adult sponsorship through that friendship model. You know, what do you say to the people sitting in your congregation that Sunday to encourage them? This is a good thing that we're, we're about to participate in. Again, there are multiple facets to that story for us at St. Tim's. This is consistent with what we said we wanted to do, entering into uh, relationships, uh, making a difference that goes beyond the feeding them for a day to teaching them how to fish for a lifetime language, recognizing that we have the opportunity with you know, a seven or eight-year commitment to be the difference makers in the sense that we're confident that Children's Hope Tash is going to finish strong and make a difference so that this entire community in Ethiopia, which prior to Community Hope Chess getting involved, had very little hope for the future, now has a very clear hope for the future and a commitment to the community that that hope engenders. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you get to be a part of that. But it's not only the, hey, let's come alongside. Maybe for the first time in that child's life, they're seeing somebody notice them. And, and so this is going to be, as you said, this five to seven years to get across that uh, finish line so the care point itself can, can graduate into that sustainability. 
but travel is a part of it too. And so inviting your people to build relationships through travel is a pretty unique experience too. Do you think the people of St. Timothy will be excited to do that? I do. We're, we're fortunate that we have a number of well-resourced folks who can indeed make travel a priority and they can uh, find the funds to make that happen. I've been so blessed. Not only is my wife the daughter of a missionary with this incredible global sense of reality, but she also had a, a career with an airline that gives us cheaper travel capabilities. So I've been to Madagascar three times. Now I've been able to travel the world in ways that my income would never allow me to do, uh, but her benefits uh, allow. And so we've recognized already the ability of seeing different cultures at work to broaden our understanding, to give us a greater sense of love and sensitivity for the struggles that happen uh, in the world. And we, through our relationships in Madagascar especially, we've learned the incredible privilege of being prayed for by African Christians who pray with a sense of anticipation and expectation that is so far beyond anything we've heard in our U.S. churches that it's just an amazing thing. The other thing that I think caused me to fall in love with missions is the incredible joy I've seen especially in children, children who have very little to next to nothing. I, I discovered that in my early work in Mexico, they, they were so happy to see us and, and engage and be together. They had nothing. They were children in an orphanage and they were happier than most of the children I knew in the United States. There's a, a sense of joy. And I think, again, that comes from the strong sense of community and family that they have together that we have missed in our individualistic thinking and our competitive thinking, I believe that St. Timothy's people will be richly blessed, especially as they feel the hugs, as they see the joy, as they look at how some of the investments of the past have begun to build an infrastructure that creates a hope for the future. I just think we're going to be motivated all the more to be a part of that and help that go to the next level. Yeah, and we talk a lot about the Chapa Care Point, again, the finishing strong and getting, you know, 80 plus new uh, sponsorships or new Hope Chest friends connected with the St. Timothy folks. What's your hope and goal that through these relationships, how will it disciple the people of St. Timothy? My hope is that, again, we will enter into this as learners, as listeners, who will gain a new appreciation for faith as it's expressed by our Ethiopian friends. And we can begin to recognize the, the, the biblical truth that has been there since the God's covenant with Abraham, that we're blessed to be a blessing, uh, both not only us to them, but them to us and, and everywhere in our lives. I think often in spite of the riches of our resources here, there's a, a self-understanding that often causes us to think, well, I can't do anything. I had someone I was talking to this morning at our morning Bible study who suggested that, you know, the problems are just too big. We can't really make a difference. And yet the idea that this little contribution on our part can change not only the lives of our friends, but the lives of their families and their community for generations. 
almost causes you, how could I not do it? You know, this seven year investment on our part is going to change the lives of people in that community for decades and decades to come. What incredible joy and honor it is to be privileged to be a part of that. And how, how powerful is that we start to look at other people and simply recognize and God has loved and blessed me so that I can love and bless them and bring honor to his name. That's the highest honor in life, I think. Yeah, well, the hairs on my arm just stood up uh, for sure in terms of what uh, what you were just saying there. And maybe that's a great baton pass into the question of coming out of COVID. You know, church leaders can be a little apprehensive of taking on a big partnership globally. There's so much work to be done in, in our own church or in our own community. You know, what advice would you give to pastors that are trying to figure it out? And do we have the capacity? Do we have the courage? Do we need to, to do something like this? What advice would you give, Jim? I guess there's a couple of things. Number one, we have so much to learn. Our awareness, our understanding it can be so broadened by a larger global awareness and understanding, especially not just from an intellectual perspective, but from a relational friendship perspective to, to hear the hearts of others and to see their lives just, I think, opens us in, in a multitude of ways. When we see how the people in Chapa interact together in relationship, I think we're going to recognize how much more deeply we need to allow our relationships here to go. And I think COVID has taught us how much we need each other. The emptiness, the loneliness that the separation of COVID has brought has diminished the church over the last several years. And in order to recover that, we're going to have to invest in relationships, which includes a vulnerability that uh, many of us are a bit afraid of, but we can be elevated, we can be encouraged when we see how even those who are impoverished continue to invest in each other's lives. So I, that's, that's my hope, is that we will relearn the meaning of friendship and partnership and being brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that gives us courage. Here at St. Timothy's, we've certainly had people that have asked questions about whether or not we should be reaching out globally instead of locally. My answer is always both end. I think it's our responsibility as Christians to seek to hear and know the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if people are prompted to be involved in ministry locally, we have many local partnerships that are helping people here in San Jose, but also to be open to those promptings of making a difference globally. And so for us at St. Timothy's, it's a both end. I hope for most churches, it's a both end. I think there are challenges all across the world. I also think that we want to recognize that the gifts we give globally often go much farther because of the nature of economies. $45 a month can change a, a young person's life and a community for generations. And you know, it's it's barely a couple of meals here in Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's good and right. This idea of both and and really following the Holy Spirit's prompting in what God would be leading the congregation to do. 
Uh, Jim, you have been, you know, fearless in all of this. What started as a phone call between your mission team and myself about when helping hurts has turned into something that I think we're all extremely excited about bringing St. Timothy that has a wealth of experience and passion and humility into partnership with CHAPA. If you were to say, what are kind of one or two of the goals that you have in this partnership, what would that be? We do really want to transform the experience and expectations of St. Timothy's people to understand the value and the difference between relief and development and the difference between just throwing money at something versus engaging. And that's not just for mission, that it's for evangelism as well. So often we think, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna share the gospel with someone, they're gonna accept Christ and we can move on. And I've recognized more recently that God calls us to invite people into our lives so that as they experience us as disciples of Jesus, they discover Jesus at work in us. It's not just talking about it, it's in relationship. And so our hope is, is that as that happens with the folks of Chapa and as people look at those, especially those who are able to travel and come back and talk about their friendships and deepen those relationships, that it's going to deepen our relationships at St. Timothy's, in our homes, in our families, in our engagement, in our world. And it's going to teach us how to earn the right to be heard by being inviting uh, of people into our lives. Uh, So well said. Relationship is uh, so key there. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chests, Build Relationships, Break Poverty. And thank you, Jim, for coming on the show today. Really appreciated your insights. You can follow Hope Chess on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. 